Chapter twenty eight of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter twenty eight. An errand of love. This second purchase and payment rendered necessary a communication with my Nashville friend. Fortunately, Swampville had a mail, and to avail myself of it, I rode direct for the settlement. On my return, I found the river town, figuratively speaking, on fire. Short as bad been the period of my absence, it had been marked by an incident of no ordinary character. That morning's mail had conveyed to the settlement the intelligence of a rare and interesting event, the discovery of the gold-placers of California. I had heard rumors of this before, only half believed, and not yet reaching to Swampville. Returned emigrants from California were now reported as having arrived in St. Louis and other frontier towns, bringing with them not only the full account of the gold discovery, but its confirmation in the shape of large chunks of gold-bearing quartz and bags of the yellow dust itself. The marvelous tale was no longer questioned or doubted. The mail had brought newspapers from New Orleans and St. Louis, giving detailed accounts of the digging of Sutter's Millrace by the disbanded soldiers of the Mormon battalion, of the crevasse caused by the water, which had laid open the wonderful auriferous deposits, and describing also the half-frantic excitement which the news had produced these populous cities in this swampville had not been slow to imitate them i found the little village on the qui vive not only the idlers showing an interest in the extraordinary intelligence but the businessmen of the place being equally startled out of their sobriety a company was already projected in which many well-to-do men had registered their names and even colonel kipp talked of transporting his penates across the great plains and swinging the jackson sign upon the shores of the pacific swampville was smitten with a golden mania that seemed to promise its speedy depopulation though many of my old camarados of the mexican campaign found fresh vent for their energies in this new field of enterprise for me it had no attractions whatever i therefore resisted the solicitations of the swampvillians to join their company in which i was offered the compliment of a command on that day and at that hour not for all the gold in california would i have forsaken my new home in the forest under whose boundless continuity of shade sparkled in my eyes a metal more attractive instead of longing for the far shores of the pacific i longed only to return to the banks of mud creek and chafed at the necessary delay that hindered me from gratifying my wish even the generous hospitality of colonel kipp amiable under the influence of golden dreams even the smiles of the simpering alvina and the more brave coquetry of carline now become a decided admirer of my yellow buttons were not sufficient to preserve my spirits from ennui only at meals did i make my appearance at the hotel at all other times seeking to soothe the impassioned pulsations of my heart in the dark depths of the forest 
there i would wander for hours not listing where i went but ever finding myself as if by some instinct upon the path that conducted in the direction of the creek it was some solace to listen to the notes of the wild woods the songs of birds and bee for these had become associated in my mind with the melodious tones of lillian's voice to look upon the forest flowers more especially upon the encarmined blossom of the begonia now to me a symbol of the sweetest sentiment the one most prized of all i had carefully preserved in a glass i had placed it on the dressing-table of my chamber with its peduncle immersed in water my zealous care only procured me a chagrin on returning from one of my rambles i found the flower upon the floor crushed by some spiteful heel was it thy heel caroline kipp in its place was a bunch of hideous gilly flowers and yellow daffodils of the dimensions of a drumhead cabbage placed there either to mock my regard or elicit my admiration in either case i resolved upon revanche by its wound the begonia smelt sweeter than ever and though i could not restore the pretty blossom to its graceful campanulate shape from that time forward it appeared in my buttonhole to the slight torture i fancied of the backwoods coquette in the two days during which i was denied sight of her my love for lillian holt was fast ripening into a passion which absence only seemed to amplify no doubt the contrast of common faces such as those i observed in swampville did something towards heightening my admiration there was another contrast that had at this time an influence on my heart's inclinings to an eye fatigued with dwelling long and continuously on the dark complexions of the south the olivine hue of aztec and iberian skins there was a relief in the radiance of this carmined blonde that apart from her absolute loveliness was piquant from the novelty and rareness of the characteristic additional elements of attraction may have been the mise-en-scene that surrounded her the unexpected discovery of such a precious jewel in so rude a casket the romantic incident of our first encounter and the equally peculiar circumstances attending our second and last interview all these may have combined in weaving around my spirit a spell that now embraced and was likely to influence every act of my future existence therefore on the morning of the third day as i mounted my horse and turned his head in the direction of holt's clearing it was not with any design of dispossessing the squatter occupied with sweet love dreams i had as yet given no thought to the ruder realities of life i had formed no plan for colonizing nor towards entering upon possession nor extending the improvement i had twice purchased notwithstanding both purchase and payment the squatter might still continue to hold his cabin and clearing and share with me the disputed land welcome should i make him on one condition the condition of becoming his guest constant or occasional in either way 
so long as i might have the opportunity of enjoying the presence of his fair daughter and to her demonstrating my heart's devotion some such idea vaguely conceived flitted across my mind as i entered upon my second journey to mud creek my ostensible object was to take formal possession of an estate and turn out its original owner but my heart was in no unison with such an end it recoiled from or rather had it forgotten its purpose its throbbings were directed to a different object guiding me on a more joyful and auspicious errand the errand of love end of chapter twenty eight recording by john brandon